This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Wow, what a wild day. I'm so excited. I, I, I love days like this. We got so much. We got good news. We got bad news. We got local stuff, national, international. We got everything here. SBF, the tussle-haired scumbag, is arrested, which is a wonderful thing. He's facing life in prison, but he was supposed to testify from his palatial Bahamian estate today to Congress, which uh, raises some real suspicions. He will not be testifying. He will be taken away in handcuffs. We'll give you the latest. And his last interview before he was arrested, you must hear this, as he uh, spoke about his uh, potential arrest and while, while playing video games. That's how seriously this little dirtbag was taking it. And bad news, mom and dad say it's going to be tough to pay for his legal fees. Oh, those poor, I mean, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, speaking of which, Sam Brinton, the weirdo freak who was a high-ranking Biden official who liked stealing ladies' luggage, he's been fired. <laughs> who could have seen that coming? Who knew he was such a weirdo? Um, John Fetterman is one of the... Uh, the most stylish people in America, according to the New York Times, as if you didn't know, already know the New York Times was the fakest of fake news. Jesse Waters steals blatantly, brazenly, steals from our friend Turtle Boy. We have the receipts. Man, this was shameless. The White House is having a big celebration for the uh, Defense of Marriage Act or Respect of Marriage Act, or what it's called, whatever it's called. Uh, they're inviting a drag queen who hates cops. That person, that guy will be there today. And Navy Roberts, little four-year-old Navy Roberts, their youngest granddaughter, will not be in attendance. Oh, yeah, the Twitter files, part five, five uh, is, uh, is out there now. And um, no big deal. It just explains why they, why they banned a sitting president. He didn't violate any rules, but, you know, Hitler and all that. We'll give you the latest on that. A really interesting analysis uh, from RG3, Robert Griffith, uh, on uh, on Jalen Hurts. You got to hear it to believe it. Um, and Lou Merloni, my friend Lou Merloni was fired. He is uh, jumping off the sinking ship known as uh, WEEI. We'll, uh, we'll give you some details on that. And RIP to an American original, Mike Leach. We'll get to that and lots more. Today's Callahan Show brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Here's your chance to be a holiday hero. I know it's tough buying things, going to the mall, going to the stores, even just getting online, trying to figure out what to get everyone. This is going to make it easy. Just go to omahasteaks.com. Use code word Jerry. Omaha Steaks has everything you need to give a gift that's just perfect. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites, including delicious butcher's cut filet mignon, ear-chilled boneless chicken, and ultra-juicy burgers. Those are my favorite. You never go wrong with one of Omaha Steaks burgers. Don't wait. Order today. Beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code JERRY at checkout. It's a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. That's true. They'll be eating this stuff for weeks and they'll be thinking of you and thanking you and you can't go wrong. Order with complete confidence today. Knowing you're ordering the very best, visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code Jerry at checkout. Get an extra $40 off. How can you beat that? Minimum order may be required. 
Also, go to CallahanCoffee.com. Get yourself a pound of the best coffee out there. It's great after you have your steak. After you have your great Omaha steak, you have some Callahan coffee. All right, before we get going, Mike Leach, breaking news. Mike Leach, uh, Mississippi State coach, uh, character, just a, um, just a weird, funny, wacky guy, goofy-looking, great coach, great offensive coach. He just passed away. He had a massive heart attack the other day. We knew this was coming, but this sucks. He was only 61. He was always entertaining. I uh, I have a quick Mike Leach, Mike Leach story. He wrote a book, I believe, a few years ago. I don't even know what year it was. And we were doing an interview with him. I believe I was with uh, both my partners at the time, John Dennis and Kirk Menahan. And we were recording it after our show. You do that with authors sometime. And he was good telling weird stories, but he was a little bored. And we're uh, listening as he's talking. I don't have the sound. Maybe I can get it. Maybe I can call uh, my old friend, uh, Ken Laird, the program director. Maybe he'll send it to me, but don't have it. This just just happened. And uh, we hear in the background some noise, and we start looking at each other going, is that? Is? He was taking a leak. <laughs> he was literally talking to us about his book, about football, and just relieving himself in the middle of the interview. And uh, I believe we had some fun with that, but that was typical. I know nobody who knows, no one who knows Mike, Le- Mike Leach is surprised to hear that. He coached a bunch of different places. I believe he was at Washington State for eight years, just lighting up the, the Pac-12 or whatever it's called now, because he was an offensive innovator. And wherever he went, they scored points and they were exciting. And he never failed to give just off the wall, entertaining interviews. We have one, I believe you have one there. Ironhead. This is him post game on the field. Do you have this? No. Uh, Okay. I sent it to you. Uh, Post game on the field. Talking to a sideline reporter. (laughs) By the way, this has 4.8 million views. This is a coach. I believe he's still in the, at Washington State at the time. Oh, no, he's at Mississippi State. Uh, and he's just finished a game. They won big. And he's talking post-game. Now, think of typical post-game interviews, whether it's, you know, Nick Saban or whoever on the field. It's just, yeah, you know, you know, we, you know whatever. We played well. Things went well. We had a good day, one day at a time, whatever. Mike, Le- Mike Leach post-game. It happens to be Halloween or right around Halloween. Listen to how he spends his... Uh, minute and a half with the sideline reporter immediately following the game. Go ahead, play this. We talked about on the broadcast how you hate candy corn. What's your favorite Halloween candy corn? I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Uh, (laughs) uh, When I was a kid, well, gummy bears, let's see. Uh, Gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? The the hair bow. It's got to be the hair bow ones. And then uh, the other thing I like is is when they used to have the the, sprees in a box outstanding you have to go to the dollar store to find it but i do and then the latest the, the latest you know there's still candy innovation although a while back i found that europe had better candy than we did overall because <laughs> they have gummy everything and then uh but uh, um the uh you know they have those nerds clusters, which is new. The gummy. Yeah, which is good. The nerds clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably almond joy. Love it. Hopefully you'll get some of that next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Thanks, coach. All right, thank you. 
That's post game while his team is still on the field, and he's talking about uh, gummy nerds and, and hair buds and whatever else. But that's how he did it. He would often talk about, you know, talk to reporters about who were getting married, how you should get married, how weddings, and just you know, whatever music, bands, food, just an uh, absolutely uh, off the wall, colorful, fun, wacky, weird guy, and a damn good coach. And uh, he is. Uh, Sadly, uh, um, not coming down for breakfast. 61 years old, died of a massive heart attack. Maybe that wasn't the best um, cut to play, seeing how he just died of a heart attack. Uh, but he loved, loved his candy, loved to eat, loved to talk about it. Fun guy. He is uh, he is gone at the age of 61. But uh, anyway, we'll move on. We have so much more to get to. I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I say this all the time. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, at first I had my list and Twitter files, part five, Trump is Hitler was at the top of the list. And then Sam Britton got fired. That moved up. Then, then uh, KJP talking about the uh, celebration at the white house where there would be a drag queen uh, at the white house today. Some, I don't know, gender fluid drag queen who hates cops. That guy will be at the white house today for the celebration. We'll talk about people who never get to go to the white house, but, then last night, SPF Sam Bankman Freed was arrested in the Bahamas. And initially you hear this and you say, oh, good. He's a thief. He's a con man. He's a crook who stole from millions, who busted pension funds, stole from, you know, uh, uh, well-intentioned investors to, to stole from one side, invested in the other, lost it all. A guy who has hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate in the Bahamas, a guy who paid off media uh, companies, including the New York times, a guy who paid off, bought political uh, politicians, including the president of the United States. I believe he gave $10 million to Joe Biden. He gave by some estimates up to a billion dollars. He was second only to George Soros. I mean, he knew how to play the game. He knew how to, he thought he knew how to stay out of prison. Uh, just pay off these whores, including, I mean, the list is endless. If you look at the people he invested in and famously Maxine Waters, who chairs the, uh, I believe it's the banking committee paid her off to the point where she, she uh, uh, was blowing him kisses and hugging him and, and, and loved him. He was going to face his, the Congress questioned under oath today. He will not be doing that. And a number of people you'll see on Twitter saying, this is very suspicious. And, and, and it is, it's too bad. Why? I just watched two people, two Congress. One was Maxine Waters, one was Lance Gooden. That's a radical left, a brainless radical left uh, Congresswoman and a, and a smart far right, to use the media's term, uh, Congressman and Lance Gooden. Both agree in this doesn't look good. Why don't they let, why doesn't, um, why don't they let him go under oath and answer questions? Wouldn't that provide more evidence? Suspicious to say the least, but he is facing a million charges. SEC filed a suit. He's, he's, he's going to face, he's going to face life in prison, which is where he belongs. He should rot and die in prison. The same as Bernie Madoff. He's Bernie Madoff, except he stole a lot more. And he bribed many, many politicians and bought himself goodwill through the media and various celebrities. Uh, you know who's nervous today, by the way? Uh, that that dirtbag Kevin O'Leary, uh, Steph Curry, Tom Brady, Dave Ortiz, Giselle Bunchdin, Larry David. He used these people. He paid them a fortune. 
We know he paid Kevin O'Leary $15 million. If you don't know who he is, he's the bald guy on Shark Tank, a total whore. Took $15 million to sing the praises of SBF through, and, and I think had a real influence. I think these guys, these people mattered. You looked at SBF, this weird, fat, aspy guy with the hair and looking at the ground. And, and no way would he have earned the trust of customers without the help of various celebrities. Hell, CNBC, they're the outfit that called him the Michael Jordan of crypto. Jim Cramer called him uh, 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 no, Vanderbilt or Henry Ford, just compared him to some of the giants. And I, I believe he compared him to J.P. Morgan. This is These are people with real influence. He paid them to do his bidding, and it worked. And he built a company worth $30 billion, and he stole from everybody and and thought he, he could get away with it. Um, no more. Let me get to the, I want to get to the CNBC story because these people, they're, uh, they're, they're co-conspirators in my mind. Oh, <laughs> we got to get to his interview yesterday too. Oh man. Well, hang in there. This interview is priceless. FTX founder Sam Bankman fried was arrested by Bahamian authorities Monday evening after the United States attorney for the Southern Southern district of New York shared a sealed indictment with the Bahamian government setting the stage for extradition and a U.S. trial for the one-time crypto billionaire at the heart of the cryptocurrency exchanges collapse. His arrest is the first concrete move by regulators to hold individuals accountable for the multi-billion dollar implosion before his arrest was announced. Bankman freed, had been expected to testify by the House Financial Services Committee on Tuesday, but his attorneys told CNBC that he will not appear. Uh, Rep. Maxine Waters, who oversees that committee, that is amazing. Just, she couldn't oversee, you know, a, a, a ice cream truck, and she oversees the Financial Services Committee. Uh, said she was surprised at the arrest and disappointed that Congress would not be able to hear from him. Uh, Damian Williams, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District, said on Twitter that the federal government anticipated moving to unseal the indictment in the morning. That's this morning. CNBC has confirmed that the charges against Bankman Freed include wire fraud, wire fraud conspiracy, securities fraud, securities fraud conspiracy, and money laundering. I say this all the time, but I think it sounds complicated, but I think in a way, white collar crime is easier to prosecute, easier to solve because there's so much documented evidence. I know they hid things and used encrypted language and all this, but we have some pretty smart people, I think, computer geeks. There is a mountain of evidence, I think, and he is he is cooked and he will have to make a deal. Speaking of deals, uh, somebody just reported, I believe CNN, somebody said, that his uh, homely girlfriend there, his, you know, uh, Bonnie to his Clyde, yeah. that little mousy looking woman, uh, we think was his girlfriend, but she's also in it up to her eyeballs. She is the CEO, I believe, not the CEO. She's the proud. No, she's got a big title. So they said she was in New York, which means somebody might be ratting. Somebody oh. is talking and she may have turned on the tussle head scumbag which will be huge. I mean, he should be going to prison for life. He should die in prison, rot in prison. She should be too. Mom and dad should, should be too. There's a bunch of people entangled in the, oh God, why are you doing that to me? I just had breakfast. We got her up on the screen. 
what's her name? Ellison. Uh, what's her, get her first name? Ellison. I believe her last name is somehow that's a guy worth 30 billion at one point. Caroline that, Ellison. Caroline Ellison. Rumors, rumor is that she's in New York where the, uh, Southern District uh, is located. The U.S. Attorney for the Southern District, Damian Williams, is located. So she might be singing this this hideous songbird. Might be uh, selling him out. Imagine having great. all that money and choosing those glasses. <laughs> Imagine having all the money and choosing that. <laughs> He's got the money. Uh, but there were weirdos. All right, let's get to. We got to fly today. We have. We we don't have enough time to get to everything. We have. This is such a good news day, but. This, I just stumbled across this this morning. This makes me laugh out loud. If you're a financial person, if you're into this stuff, crypto and finance, you probably know about, what's it called? White whale, the big whale. What's the site? Unusual whales. Unusual whales. That's a uh, financial uh, site and Twitter um, account that has how many? A million something? Um, Let me get the story up. Sam Bankman Freed, disgraced, this is from uh, Daily Caller, disgraced former crypto billionaire Sam Bankman Freed will testify before Congress, it said, uh, was scheduled to testify before Congress remotely, not in person, because he is quite overbooked, he said Monday. (laughs) Bankman Freed's comments came during a Monday Twitter chat with Unusual Whales, a Twitter user with 1 million followers, who specializes in business news and multiple tech journalists. Um, they, they talked to um, SBF yesterday and talked about wire fraud, about uh, tokenized shares, Almeda loans, Congress death. Uh, they hit all the, I don't know how long the interview was, but um, it was pretty long because this is 30, 38 minutes into the interview. He's talking about, will he, is he hiding in the Bahamas to avoid prosecution? Will he appear before Congress? And while he's doing this, he's facing life in prison. He knows, or he thinks he suspects that maybe his girlfriend is ratting him out. He knows they're coming for him. Maybe, maybe he thinks he, he paid enough people off. Maybe he thinks paying off Joe Biden and Maxine waters and all the rest of them. Maybe that he thought that would protect him forever. But I don't know when you steal, you know, $10 billion from millions of people. Should you really think that you're going to be safe? So he's in, he's doing this interview. uh, While playing, I assume sitting on his beanbag chair while playing a video game, league of legends. You know that one Ironhead? I don't know. League of legends. I don't know, but the, uh, the video games allegedly were a a different interview with the same people from the day before that. It says, um, which I have now. I just found it. Oh, he admitted in a previous interview that he played League of Legends, but this one says you could hear clicking in the background. <laughs> I, I didn't look for listen for the clicking, but he's so scared he's talking to unusual whales while playing video games. But anyway, let's. And I assume this is maybe a couple of hours before they came knocking at his door and said, uh, "Come with me, you load up, you big." that load, but uh, let's listen to how scared SBF was just before he got arrested. Go ahead, play this. Um, But you have left the Bahamas in the past few years for important engagements in Washington. Why not now? This seems pretty important. I have at some point. It's also, frankly, a pretty important time for me to be here. Um, I'm 
uh, quite overbooked and was not planning uh, to be testifying until like very recently. Um, and then the other thing that I'll say is, is something I need to get a better handle on. But from a security standpoint, like I've been uh, for reasons that I completely understand. Um, and uh, although it's frustrating, I, I feel like um, I, I sort of respect as much as I could for something like this where people are coming from on this. Um, it's very difficult for me to move right now and travel because just like the paparazzi effect is quite large. I'm not sure. I Are you worried you might be detained if you stepped foot into the U.S.? I don't believe I would be, but I haven't done a like deep dive into that at some point. That's right. something I have to think harder about. And then there is a Senate hearing coming up this week as well. Are you planning to appear at that? Um. I, 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 I am not currently, um, I, I am not currently scheduled to do that. Um, and, uh, sorry, I know this is a, a bit of a halting answer. Um, I'm not currently scheduled to do that. Um, I am open, um, and, and willing to have a, a conversation with, um, you know, with the, the, the chair of the ranking member, uh, about the hearing, uh, if, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but that is a keeper. That is a keeper. That is the biggest financial criminal con artist fraud in American history. And he's complaining about the paparazzi and saying, I'd be willing to take some time, but you know, I'm overbooked while he's sitting in the Bahamas in his dirty gym shorts and t-shirt playing video games. That is a man who stole billions. Um, that is why I say he couldn't have done it without Kevin O'Leary. He couldn't have done it without Jim Cramer. Couldn't have done it without Tom Brady. That's why he needed those people. Cause he's a creep. He's a, he's a weirdo. He's a geek. No one, you wouldn't give him 10 bucks if uh, to, to, to invest if he didn't have the help, if he didn't surround himself with, with, with celebrities and politicians and media people who called him the Michael Jordan of crypto. Without that help, he couldn't have done this. They are co-conspirators. I can't wait for all the, the, the victims to, to sue. I know there's already been one suit filed. I believe it's a class action suit against these celebrity spokespeople, but there should be many, many more. They, they, they had to know that this guy was not on the level. Um, but it's it's tough for everybody involved. Um, you know, Sam Bankman-Fried, his, his girlfriend, all his, his buddies who, like, live together in their $60 million condo. By the way, there's a map. Uh, Daily Mail has it. Of all the properties he bought in the Bahamas, he bought half the friggin' island he lives on. There's hundreds of millions, and and hopefully the, those will be sold off, and some of the uh, victims will be made whole. But he was bilking customers for millions and millions, and turning around and buying everything, every property that came up for sale in his neighborhood, probably paying over asking, just buying one, you know, five million dollar condo after another in the Bahamas. But uh, more good news. The law professor, this is from the New York Post, the law professor parents of disgraced FTX boss Sam Bankman-Fried 
fear the family will go broke while paying for the defense against mounting litigation. Joseph Bankman and Barbara Freed, both well-known figures at Stanford. Yeah. Radical left-wing professors who are in on this. If, if you want my, my expert opinion, he, he, he knew what, what he could get, get away with it because he had two lawyers, two radical lefty lawyers um, working for him. That would be mom and dad. They've stayed with their ex-billionaire son in the Bahamas for more than a month. So they're staying in one of the multi-million dollar places. I think they probably own some of them. The parents have told friends that their son's legal bills will wipe them out. The Wall Street Journal reported yesterday, citing sources close to the family. We hope this gives us some wisdom. Bankman said, otherwise it would be too hard to take. Oh, it's just a shame that these two weasels who are, I think, you know, in and up to their eyeballs are going to spend some of their ill-gotten gains on their son's defense. Damn shame. Why do things happen like that? But uh, <laughs> that guy says, why doesn't he get a public defender? I'm telling you, they, he, I, obviously he bought some people. Obviously he... Uh, there's some surprise that he's even been arrested because, you know, if you give Joe Biden enough money, you tend to stay out of prison. If you give, you know, all the powerful people, mostly Democrats in Washington, you give them enough, you think you might stay out of prison, pay off the New York Times and various celebrities. Maybe he thought he could get away with this forever, but he's not facing, you know, a year, two years. He's, he's going to die. If justice, if this is justice, if justice is done, he dies in prison. That's what Bernie Madoff did. You know, that's how it's supposed to work when you steal this much money from this many people. Uh, but we'll see. He'll cut a deal. He'll uh, pay off the right people. And it probably, I guess, probably be out in less than 10, which probably do him some good. You know, won't be maybe lose a few pounds and get cut that hair and, uh, you know, come out. He'll be like uh, Andy Dufresne in prison. He'll be helping him. He'll be helping the warden steal crypto funds. Uh, but that's uh, one, the first Sam to go down yesterday. The second Sam, this wasn't quite as, uh, quite as big a deal, but I know you'll be shocked to hear that Sam Brinton, the gender fluid um, high ranking um, ex- uh, official in Biden's energy department. You know, the guys who charge of spent fuel, the guy making 178,000 a year, I believe he was fired. I mean, damn shame. Just guy, he made a mistake. He stole women's luggage at least twice, but we're going to find a look at him. It is, you know, it just, it's always the guy you least expect, isn't it? (laughs) This freak who's into, who, who taught, seminars at colleges on spanking on kink who liked to pretend his boyfriends were dogs. They wore dog masks and he walked them on leashes who wore women's clothes and high heels and lipstick and, and was bragging about the the sound that his heels made walking on the marble floors of Congress or in the white house, a guy who was elevated to that position because he's a freak. Let's be honest. If he weren't such a, such a kinky weirdo, he wouldn't have got the job. They, they want to celebrate diversity. And this is one way. Well, as we mentioned, uh, whatever, a week, two weeks ago, he was busted at the Minneapolis airport for stealing a woman's luggage. 
tearing off the luggage tag, taking it back to his hotel room, uh, taking all the clothes out, <laughs> trying them on, keeping the ones that made him feel pretty. And, uh, you know, they, they have it on video. He's nailed. And we said at the time, do you think it's the first time? Do you think it's the only time? Well, of course not. He did it again at the Las Vegas airport, um, stole the, the, the total, I believe it was even more. Yeah, there it is. Uh, bag that contained more than $3,500 worth of jewelry, clothing, clothing, and makeup. Uh, they have that on tape as well. Um, you can be sure that somebody's going to try to bury that. Although you never know, maybe they want to get rid of him, wash their hands of him, but there he is. We have pictures of him. He's got his, whatever that is, his, uh, gender fluid t-shirt on and, uh, the luggage he stole. He's, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what kind of defense you mount when there's a picture in the New York post and everyone in the country can see it of him walking through the airport with the, with the luggage that he just stole off the carousel of somebody. I assume he cased it out, found a woman he thought had nice, you know, had good taste. Maybe a woman who was about his size and went and stole her stuff. But the, uh, I don't know who made this uh, announcement. Uh, let me just check. I want to, Get it right. I guess I have a whole like thing here of nothing but Sam's Sam, 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 Sam. Uh, the Department of Energy fired a top nuclear waste official. How do, how do they, how do you get hired? Aren't there other people applying for the job? People that don't wear women's clothes. They stole from the airport 35 years old. I mean, I always think, you know, the way I think I look at this and I say, what his parents, what his father's grandfather, watching him out there with the dress on and the makeup and the lipstick. And, and we're all supposed to pretend, yeah, it's just, just living his truth, living his truth, not uh, living, living his truth. If it, if it means stealing other people's stuff, he faces up to five years in prison for the Minnesota theft and 10 years jail time for the Las Vegas heist. Okay. Who thinks Sam Britton is going to do any time in prison? He'll go to counseling or something or say it was uh, homophobia or transphobia or something, but he is out, which is, his timing is terrible. Big celebration at the White House today. And I don't think Sam Britton's going to be invited. You know, if he had, you know, if this had happened, if he'd just waited to steal luggage, get caught, get arrested, he would definitely be included in this celebration today. Keynote speaker, actually. Yeah, he would. I mean, he'd be among his own kind. They're having the uh, Evan, uh, it's it's a celebration for the pass of the passing of the Respective Marriage Act, which is an attack on religious liberty. We know that they got uh, twelve useful idiots uh, in the uh, Republican Party to go along. The usual squishes, Mitt Romney and and uh, Susan Collins went along, gave the Biden administration the win they were looking for. This opens things up for them to attack. Uh, religious institutions, schools, churches that don't conduct uh, um, same-sex marriages. You watch. I've uh, been predicting this for a long time. I said 10 years ago, I said there'll be a day it'll be illegal to oppose uh, gay marriage, and there will be a day, well, that will be called hate speech, and it will be a crime. It will be violence to oppose. They will force churches to conduct these marriages. If they don't, they will lose their tax exempt status to be shut down. You watch. This is just one small battle and a bigger war. But anyway, they're going to have a celebration today and they hold nothing back. They're inviting 
where's this, uh, the, uh, all kinds of people who are celebrating and we'll get to Karine Kareen Jean-Pierre, Jean who, uh, who is looking forward to uh, today's big party. Uh, this is from uh, the Daily Wire. Joe Biden invited drag queen Marty G. Cummings to attend the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act at the White House. Both the, uh, both the House of Representatives and the Senate have greenlit the legislation which enshrines same-sex marriage protections into federal law. Um, uh, the Democrats recruited 39 Republicans in the House and 10 in the upper chamber. I thought it was 12, but whatever, 10 squishes who went along, got pressured into going along. But uh, uh, Cummings shared a screenshot of the White House invitation on social media and expressed thankfulness toward Biden, quote, to be a non-binary drag artist invited to the White House is something I never imagined. Grateful doesn't begin to express the emotions I feel. Cummings recently mounted an unsuccessful campaign for New York City Council uh, and said that he desires to, quote, not only be drag queen who's funny, silly, and entertaining, but somebody who took the platform and used it for something bigger. Uh, Cummings, is a, as, a, as a virulent cop hater, tweeted out, F the police and uh, defund the police, hates the cops, but that's okay. I'm sure most of the people at this party also hate the cops. Um, uh, Cummings said, we have a lot of queer elected officials, but we need really, really progressive queer candidates. We need candidates who are going to take us to the next level. New York politics for a long time has been dynasty politics and we should bring some new people to the table. Um, Biden recently hosted Dylan Mulvaney, another biological man who's uh, pretending to be a woman to the white house to talk about transgender issues. That's two that, well, that's, uh, one drag queen and one transgender spokesperson. Uh, they've both been to the White House in recent weeks. And uh, I like to you know, remind everyone that there's a little girl, a little four-year-old girl in Arkansas. Her name is Navy Roberts. She's the granddaughter, the youngest granddaughter of Joe and Jill Biden. And these people, you know, who are going to bring civility and respect and decency back to the White House, do not acknowledge her existence. She doesn't exist to them. She's four years old. I've seen pictures, cute kid. Uh, they hang stockings for their other grandchildren and they hang stockings in the white house for their dog and for their cat, but not for Navy because her father's a worthless crackhead and her mother was a stripper. That's uh, not anymore, but the Biden's such quality people will not even say her name. They don't send her a gift. They don't put a stocking up. They don't invite her to the white house. They invite drag Queens and transgender spokespeople, models, or whatever the hell Dylan Mulvaney is. But today, big day. Do we have KJP, cringe Jean-Pierre, <laughs> talking about the party at the White House today? Nothing else going on. No, nothing. You know, as, as Joe Biden said last week, when asked about the southern border, why doesn't he go to the southern border, where 1,000 illegal aliens crossed in one day, uh, yes, uh, two days ago, 1,000. Uh, 5,000, I believe, in a week. Joe Biden says, uh, and another Border Patrol agent was murdered. Joe Biden says he has more important things to do, and that would be including having a party with a drag queen, a non-binary drag queen at the White House today. But KJP is very excited. Let's listen. 
plus and interracial couples who will finally be guaranteed the rights and protections to which they and their children are entitled to. The legislation also enjoys support from a majority of Americans across party lines and fates. Tomorrow, the president will be joined by a bipartisan group of lawmakers as well as advocates and plaintiffs in marriage equality cases across the country to sign this critical legislation into law. There will be musical guests and performances to celebrate this historic bill. And the president will also note that there is much more work to be done to protect the LGBTQI plus individuals. <laughs> we can only hope for like a clip of uh, some drag queen like twerking on Joe Biden. Yeah. You know what? It's coming. They, they, they feel really empowered and they're going to go there and all their glory. And it's going to be. It's going to be a freak show. You watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, what is it, Marty Cummings? Mary Cummings? I don't know what yeah, his name is. Marty. Definitely not a real name either. Uh, that's true. Uh, Biden, I shouldn't say Biden. One of Biden's aides tweeted this out under Joe Biden's name. You know what they should do for one day? Wouldn't this be fun? Joe Biden actually tweets by himself, takes a phone like Trump did, like some lots of politicians do. Just take your phone, tweet out whatever you're thinking. I mean, I'm sure his first tweet would be, ooh, chocolate, chocolate chip with like emoji thumbs up and smiley faces. I mean, it would be like reading tweets from like an eight year old. Uh, yeah, he but, tweets like he thinks he's texting somebody. <laughs> hey, Jill, I lost the bathroom again. <laughs> I made a boom boom. <laughs> hey, my depends, Jill. Uh, so he tweets out yesterday. Send uh, Kamala up. I need my toilet paper. <laughs> but, uh, you, when are we getting ice cream? Um, the Respect for Marriage Act will safeguard the rights and protections to which LGBTQ plus and interracial couples, couples and their children are entitled. It will ensure that LGBTQ plus youth will grow up knowing they can lead a full, happy, lead full happy lives and build their families of their own. First of all, how cynical and, and dishonest is it to throw inter, interracial couples in with that? It's like, What? who's ever, when has that ever been in my lifetime? There's never been like any uh, controversy debate about whether the, the, you needed to safeguard the rights and protections of interracial couples. I mean, it's just so despicable. They will, he will use, they will use race for anything. If it advances their cause an inch, they will use race. Yeah. Back in the day, back in the day, the thing that would happen would be dads would kind of look like, you know, now that's 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 long gone. Everyone's moving. Would you love to have Biden say, "Okay, quick, quick quiz. What are all those letters stand for, Joe? <laughs> L, L uh, lesbian, right? Gay, a gay, and then what? He'd be gone by B, <laughs> T, Q. What's Q? What's the plus, Joe? He'd be gone. He would have no shot, no shot. But and, and by the way, where have, where are the rights of gay couples? Where do they need safeguards? Where show me the place where they're under uh, under siege, where they're in peril. Show me the state where they can't get married and be respected and have all the rights. This well, is just a power play. If they sign the is. same thing over and over and over again, when it comes to elections, they can say, "Look how many things we've signed into law," even though uh, it means it, the same. It, I mean, it's like, oh, and they just get the usual suspects to line up all the gay activists, and you know, all Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon. They're all line up and say, "It's about time we shall overcome 
this marginalized community that has, you know, a month. <laughs> they have an entire month where we celebrate them. I believe that's June. That's Pride Month. They have flags flying everywhere. They have people wearing the flag, you know, to, to play World Cup. <laughs> and they're marginalized. It's about time they got the respect they deserve. God, what a, what a straw man argument if ever I heard one. All right, looking forward to the party. <laughs> I just hope they invite John Fetterman. You know, that stylish John Fetterman. We'll get this. We'll do this before uh, uh, before we move on to so much more. Let me find my, uh, this, 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 these stories are, lit. I mean, I know, I know it's a cliche to say, um, uh, it's, it's from the onion of Babylon B. It's, it's a cliche, you know, I'm kind of sick of, uh, kind of sick of people say, Oh, it's the Babylon B. That's the onion. But have you ever seen anything that looked more like the Babylon B or the onion than the story from yesterday? Um, it, it's, it's something you have to read twice. And we all know the New York times. I think I point that out enough. The New York times is a joke. The New York times isn't, a newspaper, the New York Times, is a PR, a propaganda wing uh, for uh, the you know the Biden regime or or whoever's in you know the the Democrat Party. Um, uh, do I see? Let me get the, this. This is from Fox News. Oh, by the way, let we'll, I'll get to who else is on the list. The New York this this is from Fox News. The New York Times was ridiculed Monday for its outrageous 2020 most stylish list, which include. Among other things, Senator-elect John Fetterman. My name is John Fetterwoman. The, the publication released its list of 93 names of politicians, celebrities, and athletes and influencers from TV and film that the paper believed exemplified style. That That is right. So stylish. They said, John Fetterman... Uh, the, the senator-elect from Pennsylvania is going to bring Carhartt to the Capitol. What? Oh, boy. That's stylish? I mean, if he was dressed like a bum, like most of the time, and then once in a while, dressed up nice, had a nice suit, and you'd say, yeah, you know, he, he, can, he can do it. He can pull it off. I mean, when he wears a suit, it doesn't fit, and the tie's on, you know, loose, and the shoulders is... I mean, he's just a slob. He's just a slob. He wears unmatched dirty shirts and, 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 and dirty gym shorts. And he just looks like he smells. That guy's one of the most stylish, by the way, they also include Ayanna Presley in their list of most stylish. And I could sort of understand. <laughs> and they, they talk about her, uh, you know, uh, making, uh, the, 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 whatever the bald head, you know, she has, what does they say? The Massachusetts Congresswoman who has alopecia has worn her bare scalp with a blom, a plum. Uh, I, I agree. We've talked about it before. She looks better bald than she did with hair. She looks like younger and hipper and scarier. She looks tougher and she's, you know, she can be pretty mean. So man, that's intimidating, but I never really took note of her clothes. I'll take their word for it. Their clothes, uh, her clothes are stylish, so she makes the list. They also included a telescope and an invasive pest. What? Stylish Americans, John Fetterman and an invasive pest. What? What the hell is this? Is this the onion? It sounds. It sure sounds like it. <laughs> is this? 
they included the goblin mode. I don't even know what that means. Uh, but I um, mean, again, the only way New York Times even makes news is when they're uh, when they're lying or they're in the tank for someone or they're being mocked. NASA's splashy new technology served up several striking looks into space. So they picked the James Webb Space Telescope as one of the most stylish things. They also uh, picked Scooby-Doo's Velma. You know why they picked her? Because they just recently revealed she's a lesbian and there's nothing that New York Times celebrates more than than your sexuality. Uh, they include Mark Zuckerberg's avatar from Meta. What? And the lanternfly, the lanternfly, the most makes the stylish list. All right, enough of that nonsense. Uh, let's get to Shay, and then we're going to get through a bunch more things, including um, Jesse Waters on Fox News on prime time, absolutely ripping off our guy Turtle Boy and not giving him credit and taking something Turtle Boy, taking Turtle Boy's hard work and and presenting it as its own. This was shameless. But uh, first, this is uh, for you homeowners and home builders out there. Did you know that Shake Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. I've been telling you about this. This is the best thing. I think it might be the best thing they do is their precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, or you can customize the steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, you call Shea, they come over, they take the old steps away, which, by the way, they're really heavy. That is a pain in the ass. They take the old steps away, they put the new steps. You can sit in the window with the AC cranking and watch it all happen. And when they're done, your house looks better and it's worth more. This isn't... A, an expense. This is an investment in your home. Check it out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And by the way, you can also look for a job there. You can go to Shea Concrete or get on SheaConcrete.com. They're always hiring. It's a great company, a great place to work. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade your profession and go work for Shea. Check that out as well at SheaConcrete.com. All right, we'll get to last night's game. One of the worst football games I've ever seen in my life. I'm dead serious, and uh, we'll get to R.G. Uh, Robert Griffith's unusual analysis of uh, of Jalen Hurts' play of late. But first, Turtle Boy did a story. Um, it went it went pretty it was pretty big, pretty big deal about a Dedham library, a, a library in Dedham. Dedham by now it's national news. Uh, the Dedham Public Library moved the Christmas tree because two librarians arbitrarily decided it was offensive uh, and put their lives in danger. Again, go to TB Daily News. Go to Turtle Boy's blog and read about it. It's it's hilarious, and he, he's got it all there. Uh, another librarian named Lisa Desmond, she's the one who posted on Facebook how, how uh, hurt she was to remove the Christmas tree. It's been there for decades. They have all kinds of things, menorahs and celebrations of all kinds of religious holidays. And she pointed out, it just, you know, brings, makes people happy, brings joy to them. Uh, uh, the, the, the turtle boy was someone reached out to him with this story. The guy then went on with Jesse waters, but I'll get to him. Uh, everyone said the Boston Globe, as usual, stole Turtle Boy's work because, you know, they can't break any stories of their own. 
Turtle Boy had it all. You can read it all. The, 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 uh, you know, uh, common sense prevailed that Christmas trees back in the library. So Turtle Boy won this. He got them to, he brought attention to it, brought outrage to it. They realized, and, and by the way, he's got the statement from one of the people who tried to ban the tree. And it's incredible how profane and I mean, just calling these people. I mean, here, here she writes to the librarian who wants to keep the tree. She writes, F you, you knew what you did, you were doing. Uh, everyone will tell you, everyone will tell me that you are a selfish effing bitch who doesn't care anyone for a tree, for an MF and tree. You put a lot of people's lives in danger. She goes on and on like this, this crazy lefty, uh, I think she's on the uh, town's uh, historical commission or something. It's a great story. You got to read it. Anyway, it's so good. Jesse Waters stole it. He has a guest on, the guy who gave Turtle Boy the story initially, a Dedham guy. And the guest tells Turtle Boy that he will mention him in the interview, but then claims they told him he wasn't allowed to. And he didn't. And Turtle Boy's beside himself. I'm looking forward to the revenge blog. Because it's one thing to steal someone's work. That's bad enough. The Globe does it to Turtle Boy all the time. It's another thing to steal their work and then claim it was you who got the results. It was your effort that got them to put the tree back in the school. But let's listen to a robbery in progress from Jesse Waters last night. Go ahead, play it. Today, primetime scored another major victory for America. We've won the first battle in the war on Christmas. Today, the tiny town of Dedham, Massachusetts, decided that their library will, in fact, put up their annual Christmas tree after some pressure from primetime. <laughs> so how did we get here? Well, last week, we told you about a Scrooge named Amber Maroney. She's the town's library director, and she banned Christmas trees because they made people feel, quote, uncomfortable. You see, to some people, there's nothing more offensive than twinkling lights on a Douglas fir. So there was no way the tree could go up this year. Look at last year's tree. How offensive. But one brave foot soldier sounded the alarm. I was told um, that when people, use the word people, walked in that room, um, it made them uncomfortable. Town Hall has a menorah out. Um, I say let's celebrate every tradition religion, whatever it is that sparks joy for you and your family. That was Lisa Desmond, and she's been the librarian at Endicott Branch in Dedham for almost 30 years. And each year there's been a tree until now. So she was a little disappointed, and so were the residents. They told Primetime that the town celebrates everything. So why is Christmas suddenly being canceled? Uh Jesse Waters goes on and on about how they got results and they got the Christmas tree back and they won the war on Christmas. Every word of this is pilfered from Turtle Boy. Every word of it. I mean, you, again, you can go to the blog. He's got all the details, all the names. Obviously, he didn't do interviews on camera, but all the details were there. Uh, the guy who gave Turtle Boy the story was then on Jesse Waters last night. And I don't know, I guess he was planning. Uh, Turtle Boy has the receipts where he told them, I'm going to mention you. How do you want me to mention? What do you want me to say? And Turtle Boy said, just call me an investigative reporter. There it is. The guy went on, uh, what's his name? Jason Brogan went on and didn't give Turtle Boy any credit. Didn't cite Turtle Boy at all. And he said they wouldn't let him. 
So not only does Jesse Waters primetime steal <laughs> Turtle Boy's story in like every detail, but they wouldn't let their guest give a quick shout out to the guy who did all the legwork. Not cool, Jesse Waters. I'm a I'm a I'm a Jesse Waters fan. He does a good job. I love, you know, he's good on the five, but this is just not cool. Not I, not, I not a good movie. I yeah. typically like him as well. I don't remember his delivery being that bland all the time. Though. <laughs> yeah, well, oh my well God. he was reading from Turtle Boy's blog. <laughs> yeah, so. A lot of stuff Turtle Boy includes you can't include a lot of yeah, adjectives and nicknames and stuff, but yeah. this was a weasel move to say the least. And uh, I am looking forward to forward to Turtle Boy's revenge blog. All right, we got to move. Let's get to, before we get to the game last night, let's do the pregame show. They were talking, going around the league on, uh, what show is it? Monday Night Countdown? Uh, I got to yes. say, one thing I've given up, I have given up pregame shows of any kind. I don't watch a single second. I watch all the games. I watch uh, Red Zone all day, unfortunately, for hours on Sunday. I love it. I watch Monday night, Sunday night. But pregame stuff has, I have no interest in listening to these guys babble on and fake laugh and do all that. And uh, I guess RG3, Robert Griffin, is on um, ESPN, is he? Yes. Our so NFL is, Network. No, that's ESPN we're looking at right there, isn't it? Uh, yes, it oh, is. yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yep. I, I could tell by those four letters at the bottom. ESPN. <laughs> I, I know. I was looking. I was looking at the. I was looking at the desk. I thought it was the network for a second. Uh, they, uh, do, they're doing pregame of the Patriots Cardinals, one of the worst games ever played. Uh, we'll get to it, but uh, this is Robert Griffin talking about Jalen Hurts, who is right now the front runner to win the MVP, the the Eagles quarterback. Go ahead, play it. People said that Jalen Hurts couldn't get it done. He couldn't operate from the pocket. He's not the quarterback of the future. I think he proved all those jigaboos wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Steve Young. <laughs> what? What? What is he talking about? Well, I guess that's live TV. It happens. But I'm going to guess he meant like bugaboos. You think that's what he meant? Did they... <sighs> Did he tweet anything, an apology? Check that. See if he tweeted out an apology or anybody did. <laughs> I play one more time in case people weren't paying attention. Play it again. I'm going to guess. I heard it. I think he meant bugaboos. Just a guess. Go ahead. People said that Jalen Hurts couldn't get it done. He couldn't operate from the pocket. He's not the quarterback of the future. I think he proved all those jigaboos wrong. <laughs> uh Maybe you should name names. You're going to call someone that kind of name, kind of slur. Maybe you should name, who, who are you talking about there, RG3? <laughs> oh, man, he's tweeting a I ton. I shouldn't be laughing. He just, he screwed up. It's a, he misspoke. He meant bugaboo. <laughs> uh, I'm not seeing but, anything for him. He tweeted a ton since then, so I think he's just trying to, to like just push it all down. <laughs> Get through it, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you know, last night, obviously, hey, we should be celebrating. Ironhead won one. We all did. Good team win. We all had the Patriots big. I had the Patriots big. I didn't think they would. I thought they'd win this game. I thought they'd win easily. I didn't think they would win this ugly. If you didn't watch last night, I'm just going to try to describe it as one of the most painful slow, sluggish, ugly, mistake-filled games. Uh, Troy Aikman, I think, did a good job. He was just like over and over going, what is going on here? It was just an awful game. Yeah, I know we got to move here. 
but it was just, I mean, uh, um, the, it was, it was penalties, injuries, the third play of the game. Uh, Kyler Murray, one of the most exciting players, quarterback of the uh, Cardinals goes down, non-contact knee injury, obviously ACL gone. He's gone for a year. That puts a little cloud over the whole game, a little, a little damper on everything. But after that, it was just one bad, dumb penalty followed by a fumble. The big superstar, DeAndre Hopkins, puts it on the ground. Patriots score a touchdown. Everything about this game was ugly and unappealing and slow. Felt like there were a million timeouts and breaks and reviews and and, and stupid penalties. As I tweeted, it feels like the Cardinals, they don't have practices. They don't know what each other are doing on offense. Cliff Kingsbury sucks as a coach. He's supposed to be an offensive guru. And I'm going to tell you why he sucks. Because he spends all his pregame time in front of the mirror, making sure his head, his hair looks good, his beard is trimmed just right. His shirt is just tight enough to show off his pecs. That guy is a performer. He thinks it's all about him. I don't think he spends enough time coaching his players up. He's got veterans. I mean, Colt McCoy's a backup, but he's a veteran. And he didn't seem to know where Hollywood Brown or or uh, DeAndre Hopkins was going to be on every on, on, on every, any given play. Just an ugly, bad game. Good job by the Patriots surviving. They go to seven and six. They're uh, still in last place, but they're tied for last place. So it's a little different. And, um, uh, and you know, they stay out West, play the Las Vegas Raiders next week, but didn't fill you with confidence. The Patriots, I don't think, Mac Jones looked good for much of the game. He was yelling at the uh, yelling at his coaches and I don't know, yelling at teammates and swearing. And he's a little hot. He runs a little hot, but he didn't look good in the pocket either. You know, they, they, he 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 looked better than than uh, than Colt McCoy, who got sacked like a million times. Uh, but just an ugly, bad game that uh, made no one feel good at the end of the day. I mean, Come on, Mac a, Jones, 24 of 35 for 235. Ugly game. One pick, you know, just a million sacks. The The offensive line in the first half was maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, and just it, 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 Trent Brown, the slowest player in NFL history, he just moves so slow. He can't fly. I mean, he doesn't. He moves slow off the field, on the field. He doesn't seem to have... And any, you know, he just not doesn't look like a good player to me. But and Mac Jones was just getting so pissed. Uh, it was it was just so ugly, ugly game. But I guess it's good to win ugly games. You got to win ugly games. Mac Jones is yelling at his coach. That's giving him fuel for the week on sports radio. Arizona, one of their last thirteen home games they've won. They're one in twelve in the last thirteen home games. They suck. Anyway, before we go, farewell. I, w- I want to, you know, congratulate my old friend uh, Lou Merloni, who made it over the wall. He is uh, done at WEEI. Had his last show, I believe, yesterday, or maybe I don't. Know. Some people they let you do shows after they fire you. I didn't get that opportunity to go on the air, and I don't know, take a bow. <laughs> I didn't want to. But Lou Merloni, after I think eleven years full time, was dumped. He made too much money. His contract was up. Um, as we know, Entercom now Odyssey is circling the drain. The the uh, stock sunk to one quarter. That's twenty five cents yesterday. Twenty five cents. The market cap of the whole company is like thirty seven million. Steph Curry makes more per season than Entercom is worth. A company that used to be 
I, I forget the max, but it was worth probably a billion at one point, just uh, completely been mismanaged into the ground. Lou is done. Good for him. He's a great baseball analyst. Hopefully he gets up on TV because if he ends up on radio, he's going to be doubling as a visiting angel because they have this, this, this fossil of a play-by-play guy who's just awful. And it's too bad uh, for Lou if he's stuck with that. Maybe he'll end up on Ness and take X job. That's what he's really good at. Good luck to him. We'll see what happens to Mutt, my old friend Mutt. I'm not sure uh, he's going to last much longer either, which is fine. Time to move on, guys. It's You're on time to get off the Titanic and get on with your life. So that's the way it is. Sad. Once great station, but uh, that is reality. But uh, good luck to Lou and to Mutt. We'll find out what happens with Mutt. We, that's not official yet. But. And we will leave it there. I'll be on Newsmax today at 3.30. I know everybody's going to be tuning into American Agenda. I think I'm going to be on there regularly. Pretty excited. I get to sit right here at home and and do Newsmax. But uh, what a day. Rest in peace, Mike, Mike Leach, Lou Maloney, SBF's off to prison. Sam Britton's going to have to get a real job. The party's commenced beginning right now at the White House with drag queens and music and jugglers and clowns and lots and lots of clowns. No, uh, no Navy Roberts, but what a crazy day. You know what we didn't get to? Twitter files number five. I'll sum it up for you. Trump violated no rules, but we must ban them because Trump is Hitler. That is literally, Trump is a mass shooter. Trump is Hitler. That is literally what they said in their little Slack chats. They banned him even though he didn't violate any rules. And poor Yoel Roth, the sleazy smarmy punk who led the way to ban a sitting president. He had to leave his house because he feels threatened. Uh, He and his boyfriend left their house last night, their mansion in San Francisco, El Cerrito. And all I had to say is, how are the kids in the basement? Are they going to be okay? Come send the game police. Uh, we will see, but we'll leave it there. Thanks to everyone for listening and watching. Thanks, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.